Welcome. This is another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I am Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I am coming to you live on delays from somewhere within the borders of China. We are actually in our Back to Jerusalem office here on the China side, and with me today, we have the Back to Jerusalem team from the U.S. office. And just as I reported on one of our previous podcasts, um, we just came from the meetings in Hainan Island, which, like I said, the news that we got from there was huge. And if you haven't listened to those podcasts, I would encourage you to please go back and listen to those because there was a major announcement, and that is of the four major networks inside of China representing tens of millions of believers inside of China, they said publicly their dream is to register with the government. Um, Dwayne, I know you've been working with Back to Jerusalem as a vision for many years. What was your feeling of the meetings that we had there in Hainan? I guess my first feelings were when I heard it is I couldn't believe that they were actually saying this out loud and that they were actually thinking of going in that direction. And so it's going to be interesting to um, process this and to see what happens over the years and to just see um, which direction this actually goes. I mean, this could be a great thing to see that the government is actually beginning to open up there, or it could just be another scheme that the government has to try to reel in the religion and the Christians there. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. The first time I met you was in Thailand years ago. You lived in Thailand for a while. You actually helped run the Asia Harvest office together with Paul Hathaway, the author of the Heavenly Man book. So you've been exposed to working in China, China minorities, China Underground House Church, the Christian movement inside of China. What has changed in the years from when the early years when you were working together with Paul Hathaway to the same leaders um, that you saw just a couple of days ago in Hainan Island? I'd say the biggest change I see is, um, you know, one, seeing people that were willing to um, lay down our lives for the gospel, willing to take any sacrifice that came their way in order to keep the gospel pure and to not have anyone from the outside coming in and telling them what they could preach and what they could teach or what they could do, to now maybe a little bit of a compromise that we're starting to see to um, for the sake of their comfort or for the sake of... Um, of not being persecuted. But uh, again, it could be as we look at the church in the West, and I'm guilty of it myself, of, of wanting that comfort and wanting that freedom and having a government that will stand behind us and give us that freedom. So um, it could play out a different way than what I think it might. So it's going to be, as I said before, very interesting to see how things play out here in the future. And uh, Pastor Al is with us as well, uh, heading up the U.S. office. He has joined us here in Asia. Uh, welcome to the right side of the world. And uh, this was your first time meeting with these top leaders. What were your initial thoughts? First, the opportunity to just be in the same room with these uh, precious brothers and sisters of all the networks that we were exposed to, including the four that you alluded to earlier. It was just overwhelming to my mind to know that there was some point of connectivity by way of being together in that room to hear their stories, some from the leadership itself at the top level, others representing uh, at various degrees of uh, the organizations. I, I just felt that I was uh, been giving, had been given the privilege of being a part of something very historical, uh, more than what we could perceive humanly, and only Father would know. Uh, but uh, at the same time, as uh, you brothers have uh, voiced, uh, I have some concerns about how it's going to play out with the identification with the government, uh, even though there's only one requirement, so as I understand it, but that one requirement to be under the government uh, 
it makes you vulnerable to the change of the desire of that government. So I don't know how it's going to work out. It, it seems like we're almost witnessing maybe a generational transfer of that generation that paid such horrific price and sacrifice to be a faithful believer and those that have not had that experience and perhaps may not to the same level uh, that was actually the thing that produced such a refining um, vehicle or, or vessel for the Lord's use and glory. But I was, I was wowed, uh, Eugene, to say the least, and it was an obvious privilege to be a part of what God's doing. So uh, just looking at it in one way, let's take the first perspective, and from their perspective, what do you think would be the benefit of registering? Why? Because they had said, they made some pretty key points. The, the very first person to speak was Zhang Rong Liang, and he said, you know, if you run, the dog will chase you. And we've been chased by the dog for a while. But if you stop, stand your ground, stare down that dog and say, I'm tired of running. Basically, the dog stops. The, the, the next pastor to speak basically said, the pastor can run, but the church stays. So the, tr the pastor might escape persecution, but the, or the church would then be subjected to persecution. He also said that the church should have an influence in society. So these are their arguments. This is their thought process for why they want to register. Is that a bad thing? If it plays out that way, no, I don't think it is. Because if it plays out the way they're hoping and thinking it plays out, it's go it's going to give them more freedom to um to share the gospel more. It's going to give them more freedom to be out front and to um to not constantly be running and hiding. So um we hope and pray it does play out that way. What I mean, you. You were a pastor, uh, Pastor Al. I still call you Pastor Al because that's the role that you play for all of us. Um, as a pastor, you had to register. You were legal. You had to fill out 990 forms. You are still filling out 990 forms for Back to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do in the U.S. has to be legal. Sure. Uh, we have spent this morning at least a little bit talking about our accountability to the IRS. Um, why shouldn't the Chinese underground house church be held to those same legal standards? Well, that's a very good question, to say the least, and obviously I, not to judge the brothers uh, whichever direction they will go. Uh, I certainly value their, their historical approach to this in terms of having come out of the persecution. And, and uh, so who am I to judge those that have already spent years in prison for their faith? Uh, and I, I don't see them any less committed now. Obviously, there are advantages to uh, being uh, having the favor of the government, if you will, uh, to some degree, uh, as Dwayne has indicated, though, time will tell if it's proven to be uh, the best course of wisdom. But I, I don't judge, Eugene, the, the leadership at all in what they're trying to do. I, I can certainly see uh, if they maintain their stance of standing uh, the ground when they're, they're faced and if they will stand up uh, to the government, mm -hmm. uh, that's a pretty awesome task. I will say that time is on their side, and uh, the the movement in the world, uh, China now is uh, a major, if not the economic power of the world. There's a transition of, uh, uh, it's no longer the West, but the East that's uh, leading the world in a very real sense. Uh, so they're open to more public scrutiny, governmentally speaking, uh, and they perhaps will do things much different now in this role that they're in. So let's pray that it'll have its good uh, outcome. 
for those uh, brothers, as we was talking about earlier, that may not participate in this registering, we all express concern that they may suffer the brunt or being a, a smaller group yet left uh, unregistered that maybe could uh, experience the fire of the government if, if it pleases. So that's a prayer concern. For those that are with us, um, you might hear some uh, things clicking in the background. You might even hear somebody walk in uh, the office that we're in. We are not in a studio. We are just three guys hanging out, talking about what we experienced in Hainan Island. So this is something that uh, we haven't even really discussed in full. We haven't had time to sit down, the three of us, and talk about what it was that we felt uh, moved by in Hainan with all these leaders that came in. But one of the things that comes to my mind in defense of their dream is that when Peter Shu first moved to the U.S., he began to preach in churches, and then he wanted to start an apparatus to raise funding for the Back to Jerusalem vision. The Chinese that leave from the underground house church and go abroad, that still stays a part of who they are. They really want to help the Back to Jerusalem vision go forward, even if they cannot be in China and motivate those groups from China. So Peter Shu leaving his heart in China, but bringing his body to America, started to raise funding for the Back to Jerusalem vision. But one of the challenge that he had, challenges that he had in the early years was, I don't need to register these fundings that people are donating. This is God's people donating God's money for God's purpose. The government has nothing to say about this. So that was him in the U.S. And all of a sudden... Um, those that were in America felt, oh, yeah, you do have to be financially accountable to the government for these fundings. And for him, he was still back in China where everything that he did was uh, under the table, underground, illegal. Um, so if, with that perspective, um, the Chinese government seeing several tens of millions of people um, operating uh, uh, organizations that is basically illegally, and they also deal in funding. They also have donations. They also send support abroad financially. Don't you think that the government has a legitimate argument about the accountability of the finances that are coming and going and taking place within inside of China? From a Western perspective, yes, it does. But um, you can get me going on this one because I think sometimes the church in the West has a lot to learn from the church in China. And I get very frustrated by churches that times will compromise for the sake of maybe losing their tax status or something like that. And I think we need to remove anything that will water down the gospel. But from strictly a, um, a accountability point of view, as a uh, ministry, we need to be accountable for our money. And so even looking at it from that perspective, I can see, yes, how this could be a benefit to them. But um, again, we have to be very careful that we, as a church in the West or as a church in Asia, don't compromise the gospel and don't compromise what we can do for the sake of making life easier. So if anybody is listening from the IRS, we're going to delete that part and say that, yes, we like our tax status. It was never us. Uh, so just we're just putting in a disclaimer here. <laughs> Dwayne is going to get us in trouble. Uh, you are a you are actually a CPA, Pastor Al. You are a, an accountant by trade. You had spent some time in the Air Force. You came out. You were running huge accounts 
for large department stores in the United States and even worked for a, a tax firm, right? And so um, you probably have a, more of a legal view on this, or at least one with experience that I would not have. Well, we're all a product of our culture, and ours is being Western culture, particularly the West. Yes, uh, Eugene, I, that is my history, my background, and I, I agree with what's been said. There is a need for accountability because of the condition of the human heart. So even in America, uh, as a way to try to help protect the public or maintain the integrity of the, of the ministry for the donor base, uh, it, it is right and appropriate that, uh, that that role of government in a positive way uh, try to, to protect and filter out those that will misuse or misappropriate or take advantage of those who are sincere in their giving but maybe not able to trust the end result of that giving. We want very much the high road. We want to honor our Christ, our Lord, and uh, we want to honor those of our donor base around the world uh, in the West of America, Canada, and other places, of course. We want, to, we want to honor them with being accountable and responsible with, with funding and to satisfy uh, our dear Lord that we will maximize uh, the intent of those givers to take those dollars to the hurting and the needing, China or the Middle East or wherever it may be. And so absolutely, I'm for accountability, uh, a little bit of my background by training. But our heart is that people everywhere uh, would hear the good name about Jesus Christ. And that's that. this organization, Back to Jerusalem, uh, which is a Chinese thing, uh, but it is really a church thing because it's just the fulfillment of the Great Commission. So who can be against that? Now let me switch gears. Uh, we can see the argument that the Chinese were making specifically towards um, registering with the government, registering their churches with the government. Um, we can see the, the, the need for financial accountability to a government body that would require that, and us as Christians being required to be accountable to the authorities as well as our partners and supporters. Um, that makes sense to us. It also makes sense as being a vibrant part of society that we open, we operate openly. Um, by the way, again, if this is your first time listening to a Back to Jerusalem podcast, being a part of the Underground House Church does not mean that you are trying to hide your faith or trying to keep it a secret or even lying about it when questioned. The, the underground church is very active in sharing their faith and very open about what they believe. They are only not registering with the government, which makes them an illegal entity, um, which is basically like the mob in New Jersey. Everybody knows who they are. They're just avoiding police activity. But let me change gears and uh, start to ask the question, what are the drawbacks of registering with the underground, registering the underground church with the government? What, what are your thoughts, Dwayne? Well, the more you're registered and the more they know about you, the more control they have over you. And whenever you sign over saying, yes, we are a church, here's our membership, um, you're just giving them the uh, authority or you're giving them the power to uh, control if they ever want to do that. So are churches in America losing control by registering with the government? I think some of them are. I think some of them are at times hesitant, especially over elections, to share what's really on their heart because they're afraid of using losing their tax status. So is this a, a issue of control? 
It could be. Um, it's going to, as I said before, it could be uh, very interesting to see how this plays out over the years because it could be um, the government's way of, of trying to finally grab control of the church, or it could be that because of the spread of Christianity there that God is actually beginning to open up the doors in China. In China, you have basically registered churches, non-registered churches, and then the three self-churches. Those are your main three categories. Uh, there are legal churches that operate with the government's knowledge that are not exactly registered. We see that a lot in uh, minority areas such as uh, Guangxi or Guizhou. Um, we also see churches that are registered, but they don't fall under the three self. And we see that primarily in places like uh, Shanghai or Wenzhou or Hangzhou. Um, and then we have the three self. And the three self was started from the very beginning to control the, the, the rise of Christianity inside of China. Actually, more than control. It was supposed to be so controlling that it would stifle and kill it and snuff it out completely. Basically provide an apparatus for old people to go and practice um, their faith and then die out and leave the next generation completely atheistic. Um, that did not happen. Uh, because of that control coming under the Communist Party, the, the church saw that as a way for an atheist to take control of the body of Christ inside of China. So that has been a challenge between um, evangelical Christianity inside of China as well as even Catholicism inside of China. Uh, the, the, the Chinese set up their own system of control where there would be no reporting to the Pope in Rome. Um, so that is one of the ways that we can see that the Chinese would be losing a part of that control. That might be a good thing, that might be a bad thing, but right now we're just discussing that on the backside of just hearing this amazing news. Your thoughts, uh, Pastor Al, you haven't been involved in China for as long. You have been to China uh, a, a couple of times. This is your first time meeting the leaders. You've read all the different books. I'm sure that you've had a very... Uh, you, you've held the, the underground house church, if I'm correct. You've held them in very high esteem. Um, so in that um, view that you have of the church and its leadership, meeting with the leadership, hearing this for the first time, what are, what are your thoughts of some of the possible drawbacks? Well, going back to a statement that was made a moment ago as you brothers were discussing it, absolutely it's all about control. The ultimate thing, are we under the control of the living God through his son Jesus Christ as believers, or are we under the control of the prince of the power of the air in the world system as it's distributed through governmental expressions or other institutions? So absolutely, it's an issue of control. America is very controlling. China is very controlling in a whole different format or expression of it. But it's absolutely, it's about control. Uh, so we know that it, it's not new. It's it, it's spiritual roots is declared in the Bible, and we know that to be a reality. But uh, uh, where we are at this point, only the Lord knows. But we know that there is such a convergence of things happening around the world at this point in time, uh, Eugene. That uh, something big is about to happen. We're talking about things further beyond than just the underground church of China. But we're talking about what Father God is doing on planet Earth today as he's bringing the nations into alignment and arrangement according to his own wording historically in the past and is having a fruitful expression now. And we're living in very exciting days 
in whatever happens with these brothers' decisions, I, we know and we would affirm among ourselves that God hasn't left His throne. He's still in position. He's still in control. And, and He really can work through any form of government, whatever it may be. How much loss of control they have, the repercussions, I don't know. And, and neither do any of us. So let's take the good. Let's start with each day that we're given. Do this day what we can do to advance His kingdom and for us, BTJ, uh, brothers and sisters, let's, let's get behind that vision of taking the gospel from the, the wall of China back to the wall of Jerusalem where it began 2,000 years ago. So what an exciting day, Eugene, to live in, to be a part of. And again, this whole expanded weekend for Dwayne and myself and for you brothers is what a glorious thing. Only God knows what we've witnessed and why our hearts are so stirred and bubbling this morning. But, uh, wow. And let me, uh, as we conclude this uh, this podcast, let me just uh, throw a few things out there as possible um, repercussions or possible uh, side effects of such a um, uh, an action of registering the underground house church with the government. What if... This actually brings about within the underground house church a more um, uh, visible role of the church in Chinese society. What if this is a natural progression of the number of Christians? Let me offer the, the case that possibly, quite possibly, the Chinese Communist Party has reached a period of stagnation. What if quite possibly the underground house church has actually had the momentum and stole the momentum from the control that the government tried to implement? And that this is a final ditch. This is a final proposal to uh, bring that back into the fold. That which they tried to destroy, which is now growing like wildfire in all of China, um, that is, this would be their final attempt to kind of bring that back around. And that could have good things and bad things. But then take this into consideration. What if those groups that choose not to register, and there are many of them, we had two days of meetings, the, the big wow that we are reporting about, this big news that we are talking about, came on the second day with the second day leaders, which is the four traditional networks. The first day was the more non-traditional networks that we are working with in all of China. And those, those groups still have a very firm stance on not registering with the government or allowing the government to take control. We will continue to work with both camps. But what if the bigger groups register and then now we have a minority group that refuses to register and their per persecution, which has actually gotten better. Things have gotten better for them in many ways in many different parts of China in the last couple of years because momentum has been on their side. Growth has been on their side. Public opinion has shifted to their side. But if this registration takes place, that pressure could shift back and we might see possibly a new or renewed persecution inside of China against them. We've seen that a little bit within uh, Wenzhou, just at the 
beginning of this year and the end of last year. Dwayne, you have a final thought. Yes, I think more than ever the Chinese church needs your prayers right now. Um, just to pray that the unity continues, to pray that uh, there's no compromise and that they continue continue to work together with the goal, which is to take the gospel not only to China but to the nations around them. We want to uh, thank you for joining us for another episode of uh, Back to Jerusalem podcast. Thank you, Pastor Alan Duane, for joining us on this. And uh, again, this is Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of China. God bless you guys. Mm-hmm.